Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I'm your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw. This is a very special episode. It is the first episode that I'm recording, uh, not live, not at a convention, where I still have a guest. I have a fabulous guest. He's a podcaster, he's a musician, he's a big fan of Star Wars, Tony Thaxton. Hello! Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. You had an interesting spread of grievances. Yeah, you, uh, you told me what the deal was. I gave you one, and you were like, well, we've talked about that. Maybe some others. So then I gave you a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it was the, the uh, portfolio uh-huh. rolling down where I could see all of the things. Uh-huh. Um, now, can you tell people just a little bit about like who you are and what you do? Because you have a fascinating uh, backstory, really. Oh, I'm very fascinated. Get comfortable, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I was the drummer in a band called Motion City Soundtrack for over a decade. Uh, did that for a long time. Uh, I left for a while. Then I went back last year. They did a big farewell tour, so I came in. Now I'm done again. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I just do a lot. I do a lot of other, uh, random music things around town here in LA. And, uh, I'm also a podcaster. As you said, I have a year round Christmas podcast called Felice Nobby Pod. That's so great. I do with my 
uh, we need to have you back on. Now Todd Cooper is my uh, co-host. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you did it in the old days when it was just just me. It was just me and you and your room full of Star Wars toys and yep. Christmas things. Mm-hmm. It was magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, the, the you know, I guess that's that's the quick summary of yeah. me. Yeah, and you do, you have a Patreon for... Mostly, is it is it is the Patreon mainly for Star Wars songs, or is that just the thing that I pay attention to because I am a problem? <laughs> that is that is like the the big thing of it. That's the kind of like hook of it. I think. Okay. Uh, is yeah, I'm, I'm every single week I write and record a song about a different Star Wars character. <laughs> uh, it's you know sometimes it's it's a challenge. Sometimes they come to me quickly, and sometimes I'm like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. <laughs> And who have you done so far for Star Wars characters? Uh, let's see. I have done, you know, I've done some the obvious, some obvious big ones like Darth Vader. But yep. then I've I've done uh, Greedo, Jabba the Hutt, um, Obi Wan. I did uh, Rick Ollier. Oh, okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I knew there was one that made me happy in my heart, yeah. and it was Rick Ollier. Uh, and uh, I'm playing. I'm currently uh, exclusive right now. Okay, could be any day. Currently working on a Lobot song. <laughs> Very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. We like the weirdos here on Four Center. Yeah. Um, now, when you're writing the songs, do you come up with a perspective for the character? Like, uh, is it like uh, your your views, your opinions of Obi Wan Kenobi uh, when you're writing it? They're kind song? of all over the place. Okay. Uh, some of them, some of them are sort of from the perspective of that character. Some of them are all more just like a summer a comical at least attempt to be comical summarization (laughs) of the character uh sometimes it's even like uh maybe looked at from like in in the world of star wars oh in universe yeah kind of like every now and then that hasn't been too the, the the greedo song i did is a little along those lines um and then sometimes like yeah that i mean and they're all done with a, a sense of humor like okay. they're they're all um pretty silly overall i'm i'm i love writing like just dumb little goofy songs yeah. and i love star wars so i thought why not try and combine the two things i like yeah. to do and they're all like rocking and catchy as hell well, thank from the little you. snippets that i've heard thank you yeah and the rick Oli one is all about his exposition right yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that song is is uh, yeah, that's that. It's it's supposed to be from his point of view basically, and he's just basically saying who he is, but then also just like over explaining everything and like explaining everything that's happening in the song. And that's yeah. great. And in fact, we're gonna drop in a little preview of one of Tony's awesome Star Wars songs right here. If you enjoyed that, which how could you not be sure to check out Tony's Patreon? 
Patreon.com slash Tony Thaxton. All right. Check that out for awesome Star Wars songs. Now, we're going to get into your grievance. We're going to cover two grievances that you brought me, and then we're going to cover one that a uh, fan sent in. And the first grievance, the thing that you said immediately, like it, uh-huh. it was, felt like I couldn't finish typing the email before I got a response. Like, <laughs> yep. no, this is my problem. Uh, is something that we've covered before. Uh, our mutual friend Hal Lublin brought it up on the ah. very first episode of Star Wars Counseling. But I wanted to talk to you about it again because I have some fresh thoughts. And also because you are an actual professional rock and roll player <laughs> and you love Star Wars. Uh-huh. So you should love this. And yeah. yet you do not. It's, it is the only, uh, it's the only of the Star Wars, uh, band or music scenes that just like, not that there's tons of them, but you know, it's the only one that just makes my stomach like, ugh. <laughs> and I'm sure listeners are screaming out, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> but it is indeed Jedi rocks. Uh huh. All right. So let's just dig into this. I want to hear, just let it all out. Like we're at a therapy session. Just let it all out. Why do you hate it so much? Why does it do things to your stomach? Well, it just like, it turns, it, it's a whole different movie suddenly. It's a okay. whole different. Uh, franchise <laughs> not just return of the jedi like it's like it feels like nothing else that happens in that yeah. original trilogy and it just it's so out of place and like the whole movie stops for it yeah i think that that those are like the two biggest things about it is because you know like the original uh the lapty neck uh <laughs> was it it was you know in that same vein kind of as the the cantina band yeah where it you know, it, maybe they took it up a notch because there was like vocals and it's a little, little sillier, but it still was just kind of like setting the mood. Like maybe sure they cut away to it and like have a little bit of the performance right, there, right. but it's like in the background. But it's mostly background, right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're like playing. They're a cover band playing at a dive bar. Yeah, like pretty much, <laughs> is, you know. And uh, and so that that worked fine, and especially you know seeing it when I was five years old, like that was because I already was playing drums and really into music, so like that was always those scenes always like got me even more excited. Okay, I just thought it was cool. There was music, in right? Band. So as young drummer, super young drummer, uh-huh. when you saw Jedi, you were like, "Cool, there's mm-hmm. a place for me in the Star Wars galaxy." Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, uh, and because I remember. Sorry, weird water noises happening. Uh, when all the toys were coming out, uh, I remember then when I saw the movie and seeing the Max Rebo band and all that, I was like, oh, I hope they make a toy. That would be so awesome. Yeah. And then I remember being in a store one day and suddenly there was the toy and I got so excited because that was like the one toy I really wanted. Oh, to like exist. you had imagined existing, yeah, and then but and as then if wish fulfillment had created it. Yeah, because yeah. you know this was pre-internet. You didn't know everything that was coming out <laughs> always, and so it was just like one day you'd be in a store, and suddenly there was this thing you didn't know existed. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I was able to get it right away, uh, but I I think like it was either like birthday or Christmas or maybe even. This says a lot about my childhood, too. Might have been, like, a surgery gift. I was in the oh. hospital a lot as a kid. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I almost feel like that's what it was. But, uh, yeah, so that was, that that toy was uh, a big thing. Because I also loved the, the Cantina band, too, but they there was never until, no. until the 90s. There was yeah, never and did you get the modal nodes then when you were an adult? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you wait until you knew that a surgery was coming? So that you could demand Max Rebo because you knew you would get it based on your surgery? <laughs> no, I, uh, it was pretty much like, like I said, when I saw it in the store that first time, I was like, oh my God, I want this. And it was, it was known that I wanted Okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have to be a Machiavellian youth. No. no. Like young Palpatine. Okay. So it bugs you because it's jarring. It's totally out of place with the movie. And it violated your childhood that you had made this special <laughs> relationship with Lapty Neck. And with the Max Rebo band, so it just yeah urinated on your childhood. Yeah, and it, and just and you know like most of that CGI from that era, it's not aging very well. No, no, and and they just add, added all the new band members. Yeah, the, the, the Yuzum or whatever that thing is called. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Joe Yauza is yes, a Yuzum. Joe Yauza, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there was the the, the background singer dancing yeah, girls, which yeah. that takes it to a whole other level. And then there's the 
what is it? Umpus stay. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, like, yeah, the, the like weak way looking the guy. Weak way like, who's playing the drum. The drum See, this is part of what I wanted to talk yeah. to you about. So, like, there's the actual like quality of the music, which we'll get to. But mm-hmm. then there's like, oh yeah, that's a whole other thing we haven't touched. Visual on. drumming, yeah, which we haven't actually seen unless. Uh, I guess we, we Ewoks the Ewoks, yeah. but that's later in the film. <laughs> in a different kind of drumming, yes. uh, but there isn't any visual drumming in the original Lepty Neck. No. So when you saw that, were you like, "I hate this"? But well, at least there's a weak way with a gong. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I was pretty much just uh, going like, "I wanna like this, but I don't." Okay, so let's. So the drums didn't didn't help you at all. No. No. Because, I mean, at this point, I was 21 years old or something, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you're a drummer. You were a drummer, right? Yeah. But, you know, I I need more than I don't just go, drums, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little more than that. You need them to actually be good and make sense. Okay, yeah. fine. Uh, I don't think he's ever quite in rhythm with the, no, with I the don't, actual song either. I don't think I don't so think the either. visual it's quite sinks. It's been a bit since I've revisited. Okay. But, uh, You've averted your eyes. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the quality of the music itself, because I think that's one of the big parts of why people reject it, is that it is far more rock. And just like cheesy rock, too. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's called Jedi Rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness there's not an actual Jedi in it. But yeah. All right. But if you heard the song outside of the context of Star Wars, if it was just the summer of 97 when the special editions came out, or the fall of 97, Mm -hmm. And you were driving around, and you heard that song. Would you go like, "This is a this is a fine rock song"? I, honestly, yeah, it would bother me way less. Okay, because it's just it's I can't, like it's. I'm not saying it's a good song, but it's not the worst song I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, but it just it just is not Star Wars at all. Like it just it's so out of place. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, like musically, there's actually a couple interesting things that kind of happen in the song. I think that I'll, I'll give it credit for that. Okay, like there, there's a there's a moment toward the toward the end of it, right before Ula falls into the, uh, or is it, wait, no, is it? Yeah, it yeah, is it's Ula. Ula. Yeah. Uh, um, why did I question that? Uh, <laughs> Who is Ula? <laughs> um, Right before that moment, there's actually, like, some interesting stuff that happens musically there that kind of goes into, like, weird time signatures. Yeah. It's not just, like, 4-4. Uh, if people don't know anything about music, this means nothing to them right now. But trust me, as a musician, there's some kind of interesting things happening Yeah, there. I mean, there's, like, some fun rhythms where it feels yeah. like like the whole song is a little syncopated. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm using yeah. that term exactly right, but it has that nice kind of, like, hook and rhythm to it. Yeah, um, and it's, it's a little confusing. It's, like... But I like stuff like that. Like it's 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 sort of jarring because you're like, wait, what's happening here? And you're trying to figure out like where the beat lands exactly. And what, yeah, just but, like the week where it was. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, it was written by John Williams, right? I don't think so. Okay. Well, because I, I wonder that research this. I should have too. Uh, yeah, because I I think I looked that up not long ago, and I I don't think it was John Williams. Okay. I almost think it was like. Could it have been one of his kids? Am I making that up? <laughs> okay, well, we'll look into that. We'll look into exactly who is responsible for this. Okay, so we have a good sense of why it bothers you, the myriad of ways it bothers you. Yeah, oh, one more thing. Oh, go for it. There's all, uh, they sing to camera also a couple of times. Right. So that is, that bugs me too. St- I would put that under stylistically, <laughs> it doesn't fit because that goes with both the, there's the in universe drawing too much attention like Coachella is suddenly happening mm-hmm. in Jabba's palace. But there's also the breaking of the literal fourth wall yeah, where they look at the camera and, you know, have the tonsil check with Joe uh-huh. Yauza. Uh-huh. Yeah. So unacceptable in two ways to you there. Uh, but now I'm going to attempt to see if I can possibly make you feel even a little better. Good luck. <laughs> so I think that one of the reasons that a lot of people don't like this, and we've touched on it, is that it's rock. Mm-hmm. And rock doesn't feel right in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you and I, from previous Star Wars conversations, share the perspective of not liking too much real-world stuff. Yeah. In Star Wars, because I think you and I have talked about being bothered by Foden Bede, the mm-hmm. pod racer announcer. That, that was one of my other choices. One of the other choices, mm-hmm. yeah. And to me, it really falls under that same umbrella of a little bit too much of an intrusion of the real world mm-hmm. into Star Wars. 
But here I've been, I've, this is my new thought that I've come to on Jedi Rocks. I've always grown up from the perspective that the modal nodes sound otherworldly. Yeah. And then I got older and I bought a Benny Goodman record and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's that otherworldly music is actually, that's just jazz with, uh-huh. you know, some slightly different sounds, but it's jazz. But it comes out in the jazz 70s. Jazz with an I instead of an E. It's actual jazz instead of jizz. <laughs> there's no jizz wailing. Uh, there's no Benny Goodman where he jizz wails, sadly. Right. I mean, I'm sure he did in real life, but not on record. <laughs> not on vinyl. Uh, but I think it, it successfully felt uh, otherworldly to younger kids who didn't, or to anybody who didn't grow up actively listening to Benny Goodman. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, hey, when my grandpa saw Star Wars, he probably wasn't like, that music's so exotic. He's probably like... Oh, the weird penis head guides. They're, uh, they're playing Benny Goodman. <laughs> uh, true, but Star Wars wasn't made for your grandfather. True. It was made for 12 year olds. Yes. George Lucas confirmed that yes, at Star did. Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I feel like some of the baggage that we have taken to elements of Star Wars that it is otherworldly and that it's not pulling on references from the real world. It is pulling from references from the real world, just sometimes older than we're familiar with mm-hmm. or playing on references or language or ideas from other cultures. So if you go watch Star Wars in another country and like, oh, you happen to just understand exactly what Nine Numb is saying yeah. or exactly what the Ewoks are saying, suddenly it's not foreign and alien. It's just, you know, so I do think that we we carry some of our own perspective and baggage to what is too much like the real world mm-hmm. based on time and location. So it, that got me thinking about Jedi Rocks. Okay. Is it possible that... A six-year-old today watches this movie, and the music sounds strange and otherworldly because they were not alive in 1997, and they don't see this and go, "Why are those alien musicians doing like a strange Hootie and the Blowfish song?" <laughs> I mean, look, anything's possible, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I feel like it's still kind of a you still it, it doesn't sound different enough from music you might still hear yeah currently uh and it's still it just i mean i guess again i i am it's so ingrained in my brain like the the uh the modal nodes song so like i can't i don't have the memory of hearing that for the first time yeah because i was too young um but like even though that's different than the rest of the music in the movie, I mean, it would be weird if they were like playing a score, but, uh, <laughs> the force theme. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, it had to be something different there. And I just, I feel like it was, it was different enough and felt like in world. Yeah. Enough. I don't know. Am I even making sense? Uh, but this just, it just feels way too. It go here's here's what I'll say. It goes from too much of as we said them kind of being like a bar a cover band yeah. in a dive bar to them putting on a concert. Yes. Okay. And that I mean that is just a narrative shift from yeah. the original Return of the Jedi to the special edition that that is what's happening. They're putting on like an MTV style musical, I think, uh-huh. uh, or a music video. I think George Lucas described it that way once and said that he thought that that would be cool and this is one of those times we're like yeah well george <laughs> many of us respectfully disagree but you are the creator you are the maker um but if my uh idea was true let's say that a child walked in here mm-hmm. and said to us yeah that music sounds really strange and foreign and exotic to me just the idea the notion that jedi rock sounds exotic and alien to a younger generation if that was true would it make you feel better I would point and laugh at the child. That's <laughs> <laughs> the true stupid. spirit of Star Wars. <laughs> no. Uh, well, no. Here's the in truth be told, as much as the music bugs me about it, it's almost the part of it that bugs me the least. Okay. Right. Because like, you, you can come to respect the music like we're talking about. Respect's a strong word. <laughs> but, but, like, if it was more in the background and it wasn't, you know, a 
performance to camera and there weren't okay. dancers doing backup vocals and if all of that wasn't happening and like that song was just like like let's say I wouldn't have liked that they did this but if they had just replaced Lafty Neck with this song okay. but changed nothing but you that you just hear that instead I would have just been like well that's weird why'd they do that yeah and I and I that's probably the extent of my thought I would have had. okay but it's a massive is it that the backup singers and the straight to camera are not only a tone shift but also bring it to into the real world yeah okay so now, in all of these Star Wars books and comic books and everything, the real the world of Star Wars is getting fleshed out and getting closer and closer to the real world because mm-hmm. you just have to when you're telling that much story. You have to yeah. explain that, like, yes, they have coffee. It's called calf. Yes, they have all sorts uh-huh. of different alcohol. Now they have an alcohol called swirly dips. Uh, they, <laughs> you know, lots of real st- world stuff. And one of the real world things is that they have this whole amalgamation of media, the internet that is holovids. Mm-hmm. So. Would it make you feel better if all of those shots where they're taking, they're singing directly to the camera, that that is part of the story, that they're being filmed for a holovid within the world of Star Wars? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got a few more left to try to make you feel better. (laughs) Well, because then if we're, if we're, if we're trying to think of that as, as real world kind of thing. I mean, I suppose sometimes you you could be at a show and they're, like, filming it for, like, a webcast or something. Yeah. Maybe okay. Joe Yaza has just got... It's an audition for him. <laughs> He's filming his video. Uh, how about this? I'll give you a mostly no. Mostly no. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm making progress, chipping away. Uh, would it make you feel better if there was another version of it, another special edition, the specialist edition, <laughs> and you got to play drums in it personally? Whew. I mean, you know, there's this part of me that is going, no, because it would still be stupid. <laughs> and if anything, that's going to make it more stupid. But the, like, selfish part of me is like, yeah, but I get to be a thrower. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, is your hatred so great that you, you would say no to being in Star Wars? I mean, I want to sound cool and say yes, but <laughs> I think the reality of it is I probably, yeah, I'm sure I, you know, because like, I don't think most people are going to turn that down. No, I wouldn't. the opportunity. Because on, on top of it, you're probably also going to get paid to do that. True. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm going to be in a thing I like a lot and get paid for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I need to make rent. I have yeah. to play drums in Jedi Rocks. There's uh, nothing. Yeah. Side note. Yeah. If I may. Please. I am in Star Wars now. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Tell people about that. Yeah. Uh, our friends, uh, like, you know them, right? Yeah. I say our friends. I was like, wait, do you? Uh, ben Acker and Ben Blacker just wrote a new Star Wars book called Join the Resistance. Yeah. And, uh, which is like so incredible that I know someone that got to write yeah. Star Wars. Book. Making Star Wars happen. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so when they told me that they were writing this book, I, you know, half jokingly, <laughs> Uh, I was like, oh, you're going to, you know, Thaxton's got a good kind of Star Wars sound to it. You should probably name something after me. Not thinking in a million years they ever would. Yeah. And then uh, like a couple months before the book was coming out, I ran into Ben Blacker and he's like, oh, by the way, you're in the book. What? So are you just Tony Thaxton drummer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm performing Jedi Rocks in a bar. Um, uh, I am a bird. <laughs> It's a bird uh, that has a symbiotic relationship with a sarlacc pit. Oh, my. Uh, I thought this was – I thought their book was for uh, young or middle-aged readers. It is. And they have a bird who has a symbiotic <laughs> relationship with the sarlacc pit? Uh-huh. Okay. And, yeah, it's, it's called the Duns Thaxton. The Duns Thaxton. Which I'm pretty sure is them calling me a dunce is my, <laughs> is my guess. So the but, Duns Thaxton, that's really cool. So you get to be a bird. How does it uh, symbiote with the Sarlacc? Does it just uh, go in there and take bits of food out of the Sarlacc's mouth? I believe so. It, like, picks. Ah, crap, I can't remember now. Uh, I think it, like, uh, like picks it like the bones of things that fall okay. into the sarlacc. Yeah, nice. I, I believe that's what it is. So you got a big old meal. Your bird got a huge meal. Yeah. after the adventure at Java's sail barge there. Well, what I didn't know, and then uh, with this book, and then Wikipedia, because I'm now on Wikipedia as well. <laughs> uh, um, there, uh, sarlacc pit is 
a thing. Like, it's not just the one on Tatooine. There oh, were, yeah. There are others. I did not know that. I believe there's one in the Clone Wars animated series. I don't remember Or that. something that is, like, related to a Sarlacc. Okay, yeah, because yeah. this one is, is on a, a different planet. So oh, nice. It's yeah. in canon, right? Because yeah. their book is mm-hmm. canon. Yeah, right? the book. So I am mm-hmm. I'm canon, baby. You're a canon bird. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my final attempt to make you feel even slightly better about Jedi Rocks is, I think, the one... I saved it for last because I think it has the most chance for okay. success. I rewatched the scene, and watching it carefully, you can easily interpret the reaction shots from all the other characters... That they hate this effing song. <laughs> There's the reaction shot where Boba Fett is just slowly putting like one hand over the other, uh-huh. almost as though he is trying to keep himself from shooting the musicians. <laughs> now that's the special edition I want. Okay, where he just blasts Joe Yaza right in the mouth, <laughs> yeah. smoking hole in the back of his head. Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah, and then also even with. The recut, uh, the, the way the scene is recut with Ula, it almost seems like maybe Ula doesn't want to dance. That mm-hmm. she's doing a poor job of dancing because this music is not good. The rhythms yeah. are weird. The yeah. time signature keeps changing. Right. So will that make you feel better the next time you watch it where you try to watch it imagining that everyone in that scene hates the song as much <laughs> as you do? I, I, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that chance. Um, uh, I, I'm sure I, it won't like really change how I feel about it, but it at least it'll make me feel a little better. There'll be a little spark of joy while you watch that yeah. and imagine Boba Fett blasting them yeah. away. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's the best I can do for Grievance 1. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> so we're going to move on to Grievance 2. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Grievance 2 I am fascinated with. Uh, because this is one that has not come up. A lot of people, we've done this live twice, got a lot of questions, and uh, people have been sending in their grievances, and this one has not come up. Your second grievance is Leia being Luke's sister. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. Yeah, I wondered if, if that had come up, because I feel like you don't hear a lot of people 
complain about it. No. Uh, I, to me, I don't think it bothered me until kind of recently, like yesterday or something. <laughs> okay. Well, because you, Jedi, <laughs> but, Return of the Jedi was the first film that you saw, right? Uh, well, in the it's the first Star Wars movie I remember seeing in the theater. Okay. Like, I was already, like, huge on board Star Wars. I just, like, you know, again, it's that, like, ingrained in my brain that it was just, like, I don't remember being introduced to it. But 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 it just existed. Yeah. But Jedi, I do remember, like, being introduced okay. to it. Okay. So when you saw Jedi in the theater, it was news to you. This was, like, a, a changing of the world. The world shifted. Well, yes and no. Because I do have a memory of finding that out before i saw it okay because like, i think just some I, asshole I, on the playground <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah i don't remember i almost feel like my dad said something to me about like what an asshole I, <laughs> yeah dad <laughs> that's a new uh, bird for ben acker and ben blacker <laughs> asshole faxton the uh yeah i just feel like because i think we we didn't see it right away i think we saw it like i almost feel like it was pretty long after it had been out but it was still in the theater um, and you know, so I think the news had traveled at that point. And yeah. I feel, I don't know, somebody my dad worked with or something had told him and then he was just like, I heard that, uh, now, uh, Leia's Luke's sister. <laughs> and I, yeah, uh, so, um. So it didn't bother you as a child. It was news to you, but it didn't like rock your world right. and go, this is unacceptable. It was just like, oh wow. You know, like as a kid, you just, I don't know. I feel like you don't. At least I didn't really have thoughts like, oh, that's dumb. Like, you don't it see just, it as choices made by writers and creators. You yeah. just see it as the world is being unfurled before you. Yeah. And you're like, I like that or it's, I don't. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then like in, in more recent years, uh, just, I don't know. It, it feels like, well, first of all, you know, even though he has claimed that, you know, this was all a planned out story and everything. No, it wasn't. Like he, he, there's, you know, I'm saying things everyone has said a million times before, I'm sure. But, you know, the the kisses that happened in Empire, like, why would you put those in there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did for a moment believe that because of the scene where Yoda says there is another. And I was right. Like, oh, so he did have this planned out. But then in, in more research, I've learned that there was supposed to be, it wasn't Leia that he's talking about, though. There was going to be. It was supposed to be, like, I think, like, Luke... Oh, man. I don't even want to guess now because I'm going to get it wrong. But it was... That line was not about Leia. It was about someone we hadn't even met yet. Yeah. That I mean, was, like, related to Luke, I think, somehow. But okay. Anyways. So, Duke Starkiller. Yeah. Yes. Um Yeah. I, I mean, I always took that line as... Well, when I was a kid, it was incredibly effective. I debated with my brother and with any other person who would talk to me about Star Wars about who is the other and it seemed like yeah. a, a great element to propel conversation and keep people engaged of like mm -hmm. well, who, if not luke who 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 yeah you know um but i take your point about luke is not super not planning it necessarily as much as he claims because he has said yeah. very very different things over the years <laughs> i choose to believe that he did have it all planned out in a sort of choose your own adventure way where all of these various ideas occurred to him and they yeah. were maybe floating but it wasn't necessarily entirely locked down. I feel like the overall like political story, certainly. You yeah. know, it's one of the reasons that I've come to uh, enjoy the prequels more and appreciate that that's what Lucas wanted to do, mm -hmm. is that the sort of arc of the political story was always there in his mind. But that specific of whether Luke and Leia were brother and sister, that seems up for debate. Well, to me, it seems as simple as, you know... That the moment in Empire when Vader tells Luke he's his father, you know, that was like the like most shocking, biggest thing that ever yeah. happened in a movie, basically, at that point. And that was such a huge moment that everyone talked about and is just still like one of the most like famous movie moments of all time. Yeah. That then they're making the next movie and he feel he felt like he had to try and top that or, or at least compete with it somehow. And I feel like it's just like, what if, what if Leia's a sister? <laughs> like, and then it's like, all right. And it just went like, to me, it, that's what it feels like. It just feels like, oh, we did that. Everybody loved that. Well, now we're going to do this. Okay. So you are currently troubled by it 
is a uh, looking back on what you feel are the lies that George Lucas has told you via <laughs> interviews. So are you mad at George Lucas for lying to you about his premeditation? Or, or do you actively not like it and think like, story-wise, it would be better if all these years later we were in The Force Awakens and they're not related? You, Yeah. Uh, that that I, I it's I don't have the like anger towards Star Wars. Well, Star Wars in general and, and yeah. George Lucas that a lot of people do. Like, sure, there are things I don't like about it as we're talking about, and <laughs> there are things. I, but I don't hate the prequels as much as everybody else does. I'm not saying I love them, but yeah. I'll watch them. Uh, and it doesn't stop you from being like a really big Star Wars fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, and all it didn't sound like it when I questioned if it was if that was when Ula fell in the. <laughs> but um, <laughs> had a moment, a blank moment there. Uh. But yeah, it just it it uh yeah, it's it's it just I just don't like the choice. Okay. So you don't like that the choice is made and what do you feel is lost in the story by them being siblings? I See, I don't even know that I've thought about it like that. Okay. To me, it's just <laughs> I guess this says a lot about me. I feel like to me when I just think of it I'm like, well, that's dumb. Okay, like, I just kind of do that because it's like, well, we already had this big shocking moment of learning out that Darth Vader is his father. And then now, a couple years later, what? I, you're my sister? This okay. girl that I randomly, you know, end up meeting up with. And all. like, there's, I know, especially with each movie, the Star Wars universe gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just, there, there are too many coincidences okay in in the star wars universe for for my liking i can see that so that is this is one of the big steps towards everything and everyone is connected yeah and then obviously the phantom menace doubles down on that uh in ways that we will we will perhaps discuss Mm -hmm. um all right so let me try to make you feel better so if they had not been brother and sister Mm -hmm. return of the jedi would have lost that fun, different emotional texture. And it would have just been the story of Leia choosing Han after all. Mm -hmm. And Luke, by them being brother and sister, it removes the romantic triangle that is kind of there in the first two movies. But Jedi aren't supposed to have connection or uh, like emotional uh, attachments. Right. So, but I don't know if, Ben or Yoda told Luke that. You haven't seen those deleted scenes? <laughs> like, and now we need to talk about Leia. She's not your sister, but uh, she can't be your lover either. Uh, but uh, given that that idea wasn't necessarily locked in place, maybe in modern Star Wars canon, maybe we can dig up a, a, a way to say that Luke already knew those rules. Uh, I think that's certainly possible. But Luke is also busy bending a lot of the rules of what had been the Jedi Order. He shouldn't have even been trained by the rules of the old Jedi Order. He shouldn't have had been so attached to his friends to go rescue Han from Jabba. Mm-hmm. Um by the strict strict rules of the Jedi Order, so I, so the whether or not he could is definitely a thing. But how would you feel if that was the story of Return of the Jedi? That instead of that moment between Han and Leia, where she feels that connection with him, she knows he didn't die on the second Death Star, and then Han says, "All right, all right, uh, when he comes back, I won't make any trouble." And she's like, "No, no, it's okay." I've decided I'd much rather have a romantic sexual relationship with you. So when, when Luke gets back, I'm going to give him just a hug and I'm going to let him know where he stands that I have only ever kissed him to make you jealous or for luck and that there's nothing between us romantically. And that was the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Literally, that's the last line. Luke burns Anakin's armor and perhaps his corpse. Uh, and then he goes back to meet Leia and she's just like, just so you know, it's never going to happen. <sighs> yeah i, I mean I, I get you okay i get you yeah it's a rough way to end the trilogy it, it is <laughs> it is but uh i don't know look i'm i'm not i'm not a writer I'm yeah not, <laughs> fair enough i'm not asking you to solve the problem i'm just throwing things out i i hear you I but any time that you feel bad that they're si- that they ended up being siblings imagine that we would have needed a rejection scene we would yeah. have needed some resolution maybe maybe it's luke maybe luke comes in and says yes I, I am a jedi and so i can't be with you and then she's just like 
Oh, good. I, I picked See, Han anyway, but I, don't need, I didn't go. need you to just, tell you that. You just talked to yourself out of it. <laughs> well, no. I, I still think it's better that they are siblings because of that's an elegant way to resolve this romantic triangle. So it's not really a romantic triangle. And I think in a way it sort of, uh, in retrospect, it en- enriches uh, Luke's sort of naivete of not being in tune with his feelings and just being like, a pretty exciting girl. Uh, maybe she'll <laughs> like me. And like... In A New Hope. And then as he matures, he's, you know, he's not as concerned about it. Um, But here's the other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, it, make, it would make it so Leia wasn't powerful in the Force if she was not a part of the Skywalker line. Mm-hmm. Or I guess she could be powerful in the Force from just being born powerful of the Force of somebody else. Um, So d- would it bother you that she is not a Force user? Well, we haven't really seen that anyways uh, in the books yeah, uh, right. yeah, i know but, i know uh we have we've seen it in well i i do think that we have seen her connection to luke like her being able to sense that luke is hanging off the weather vane in cloud city is in retrospect their force connection but again yeah i don't that that one is weird because again this i uh this whole thing about that the the other was somebody else completely okay so like i don't know how this part is explained if that if there was another that was not her um okay so you would you would have preferred it if there was actually another who wasn't leia i think i would yeah okay just be because again i just i don't like the like how coincidental everything is like does it make you feel better when the uh, coincidence is the will of the force? So, like, with Luke and Leia, I find um, I'm not troubled by the coincidence of it because they have this force connection, because mm-hmm. they have been uh, separated at birth to protect them from the Emperor and from Vader, but the force wants them to be together. They're siblings. They want them to be get together. So that coincidence, you can be like, great, Mm-hmm. The coincidence of Anakin constructing 3PO, like, that's probably not the will of the Force. That's yeah. the will of the Lucas. <laughs> yeah, then that's... Uh, that's so I heard. feel better about it because it feels like it does actually work in storytelling for yeah. people who want to kind of dive deep into what is the nature of the Force? What things happen because the Force wants them to happen that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes me feel better about Luke and Leia being siblings. Yeah, and I can give you that. Okay. Uh, it, it's, yeah, and again, I, so I feel like I'm... I. I love Star Wars so much, and I love talking about Star Wars, and I feel like, but when I do these types of things, like I've done some Star Wars things with you before, yeah. and I feel like I'm I'm such a like weird person with this stuff where like I might have an opinion on something, but then it's like, it's kind of just like, yeah, that's just kind of how I feel. I don't have like <laughs> super, like, I'm not like, no, this is the dumbest, right. worst thing. I'm just like, yeah, I don't like that. And, but you know what? All right. Yeah. I can see your side. Like, okay. <laughs> so I feel like I'm m- maybe I'm your first and worst guest. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the first and the worst. Uh, no, I, I, I think that's why. Uh, this, this Star Wars counseling is grievances. People bring in grievances. Uh-huh. And sometimes the grievances are, I am literally tearing my flesh. I am enraged. <laughs> and other people are like, this always kind of bothered me. Yeah. Some people send in like real just kind of plot hole logic things. And other people are like, yeah. I can't watch this part of the movie. I have to fast forward through it because it bugs me so much. So uh-huh. I think we're, we're on a spectrum of levels right. <laughs> of annoyance here on Star Wars counseling. And that's fine. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up about this grievance, though, because it, it might bug other people listening. It has provided us years and years of jokes mm-hmm. at the expense of Luke and Leia and their constant sibling kissing. So if you feel bad uh, about Luke and Leia being related, think of all the years of laughter <laughs> you would lose if that was not true. <laughs> true. Yes. Cause I, uh, I immediately thought of, uh, you know, there's all these bullshit internet holidays now. Yeah. I, I was, the first time I remember seeing International Sibling Day. Yeah. And I felt the need to post the photo of them kissing each other. So. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure Joy. a million other people have done that now, too. But. Yeah. Uh, and I'm But I was the first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I do. I am intrigued. We should talk more someday about the idea of that other 
if there if it had not been Leia and it had been a new character because you yeah. don't like you don't like it uh, if it's getting too connected. So you wanted the other to be someone we've never met. Yeah, Nine uh, Nub is the other. <laughs> it's uh, I want I want to say it was a girl. Our fr- Pete and Alex from Star Wars Minute. Okay, they would be the ones to to answer this better because I know that they talked about it and okay. I, I'm just I can't pull the information right. Yeah, now. no, that's fine. I do like the idea of the other in Return of the Jedi because it makes me imagine yet another awkward scene where Return of the Jedi plays out exactly as we know it, with the exception of Luke and Leia not being siblings. Luke ends up saving the day, and then there's like a post-credit scene where the other shows up. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm ready. I got my lightsaber. Oh, you, you took care of it? All right. Bye. <laughs> and then Joe Yaza pops back up. Two, three, four. Well, those are great grievances, Tony. I want your help answering our episode's third grievance, which came in from an audience member, it is similar to a grievance that you offered me. So we'll see uh, if we can make uh, this person and you feel better. A uh, person from Twitter, James, at Jedi underscore Donatello. Nice pop culture mashup there. James asks, why did Anakin build his slave mother a protocol droid instead of something helpful for her? <laughs> <laughs> so you are bothered in general that Anakin built C-3PO at all. Yeah, that was that. Was, this was high on my list. Is high on your list? Uh, okay, it's it literally, you know, story wise, this probably bugs me the most of anything. Honestly. Okay, this is probably if we're not talking just like cheesy, you know, Jedi rocks type things. Yeah, like this is like one of my least favorite things in all of Star Wars. Yeah, because it seemed like your main, the main heart of the Luke Leia sibling annoyance, uh, besides George Lucas lying to you, was. <laughs> not liking the coincidences yeah do you feel like that's just not the way the world works so i mean it can it's alienating or i think here's i'll i'll say it about this because i I feel like for this one i have stronger feelings than i do necessarily the luke and leia one um even though i brought both of them up uh (laughs) because this one like luke and leia like as you said like maybe the the will of the force kind of like brought them together and stuff whereas Anakin building C-3PO, it just seems like, I mean, I guess you do, you do sort of like follow how he gets to all these places and how they, yeah, and how they kind of end up back in the same space, basically. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, it just, again, I don't know if I have a great argument against it. It just seems just here's my my uh, super smart sounding thing again it's just dumb (laughs) is it because the the not only the coincidence but the huge contrast between one of the um one of the characters especially in the original trilogy c-3po who brings us the most humor who's there Mm -hmm. to bring a little bit of levity who's there to be a bit of an observer of events and almost even have the audience's role in some scenes where like Han Solo, don't do that crazy thing. Like yeah. that's scary. Um, to mash him up with the heart of the original six movies with this horrible destroyer, this bringer of death yeah. who started out as a young boy who created a fun robot to mm-hmm. joke around with. Yeah. That I think there's a tonal mashup that might bug people. Yeah. And I think too, even like you could put, just the fact that they should have made it because I think the original uh, plan with episode one was Anakin was not going to be that young. Right. And I think we probably all would agree that it probably would have been better if he was older. Yeah. I mean, I like seeing that level of innocence. That's my own Star Wars counseling for myself where like Uh, I can see the value of having the innocence where he's truly young. Truly positive, truly wants to help people. Yeah. And not a grumpy teenager. Uh-huh. Not puberty Anakin. Right. <laughs> terrifying. Uh, but yeah, but uh, there's definitely the childlike thing. So it bugs you that he is also that precocious, that he is that uh, good at building things at such a young age. Well, it's just, it's just that, um, again, it, it, obviously there has to be children in the, Star Wars universe because there's adults. <laughs> but until that point, we'd literally never seen one. We had seen that Ewok baby, and right. that was about it, it, right? Yeah. So I remember even, like, having that thought before Phantom Menace came out of, like, 
it's weird there's going to be kids in this one. That's a really good point. Like, and, and like, not that, again, it's not weird, but it is weird. Yeah. Like, it's not weird in the reality that there would be children, but it's just like, there's three movies where there's literally no children, and then suddenly, like, yeah. kind of like the main character is a child. Yeah. Just, just Ewok baby weird. in Ewok specials with uh, children. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, Anakin. That's true. If you count the uh, Ewok adventures. Yeah. There's maybe maybe some kids in the background on Cloud City. I would have to dig to see that. Yeah, but if, if they sure. are, they're not, they don't have a good right. big shot. Uh, so I was doing some information digging on this one. In particular, uh, James at Jedi Donatello, your question of, why did he not only build C-3PO, but why a protocol droid to help a slave? Uh, and I found out a couple things. I saw somebody on Twitter recently, I think it is Pablo Hidalgo, who's part of the story group, yeah. uh, pushing back on the 3PO complaint. Might not have been Pablo Hidalgo, so I apologize if I get that wrong. So I did some digging on Wikipedia, and this is a thing that is coming to light. Technically, Anakin did not build C-3PO. He reconstructed him. C-3PO okay. existed before the events of Phantom Menace. But doesn't Anakin claim to? I mean, I guess kids lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first moment of using the dark side. Go. Tapping into those lies, his power to lie. Uh, but I just wanted to actually read what Wiki, uh, Wikipedia has. It says, components of what would become C-3PO were originally manufactured on the world of Afa over a century before the invasion of Naboo. In an early incarnation, C-3PO served as a protocol droid to the chief negotiator for the Mancoran system. Additionally, he later claimed that his first job was programming binary load lifters, which he said were very similar to moisture evaporators in most respects. And some of that is being pulled from an episode of uh, the Clone Wars animated series. Okay. So it's actual canon, not just crazy mm -hmm. uh, EU legend stuff. Right. So actual canon... That he uh, that Anakin put together bits and pieces of C three PO, and that C three PO does have memories from the before times, from before Anakin. Built yeah. Him. Okay. So does that? But those would be all gone now, though, right? Well, that's what's weird because his memory was wiped. Yeah. But maybe uh, that that does pop up in uh, the one shot three PO comic book that he can kind of vaguely remember some things, mm. some torturous humanizing of droids going on in the Star Wars galaxy where they, right. they can, <laughs> yeah. they're a little bit more sentient than any of the human characters or other species treat them as, uh, but they do actually have memories. Um, so does it make you feel better that Anakin just reassembled some junk into three PO? No, because once again, <laughs> once again, that's not really my problem with it. Okay. It's again the whole just the like small world thing. The small world thing. Yeah. Okay, so they just shouldn't be connected. Okay, I think that might make James feel a little bit better on his specific angle to this question of why a protocol droid. Well, because that's what was laying around that Anakin discovered yeah. and started putting back together. Uh, the second paragraph on Wikipedia is also a little bit to that point. It says... At some point, however, C-3PO fell into disrepair, and his vital components ended up in a junk pile on Tatooine. Anakin Skywalker, a slave boy from Tatooinean city, Mos Espa, collected scrap parts and started rebuilding C-3PO so the droid would help his mother. Although protocol droids were normally designed for light duty in luxurious environments, Skywalker specifically modified C-3PO so he could withstand Tatooine sand and heat. 3PO served Anakin and his mother Shmi by performing household chores. During his time with the with Skywalker and Shmi, C-3PO's wiring was left exposed since Skywalker was unable to outfit him with an outer covering. So that kind of answers the protocol droid uh, story really in canon that he helped dust. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't translating anything. He was just picking up the little odds and ends around the house, doing some dusting. Way to go. He was a regular... Rosie? Was Rosie the from the Jetsons? <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about this new information that C-3PO helped clean up the Skywalker's little slave quarters? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know, at this point, it's like, sure. So um, it's, it's, it, whatever. I, it doesn't bother me. I don't love it. It's, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Fair enough. I'm also Fair not enough. a fan of naked C-3PO either. Okay. I don't like that look. Uh, is that because of the weird joke that calls out that he is nude in droid terms? No. You just I, don't like it aesthetically. Yeah. 
I just, I think, I, once again, here I go again. I think it just kind of looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is dumb. It looks dumb. It's valid because there is a level of Star Wars fandom. Like, uh, I, I like to do a lot of uh, deep diving. We do a lot of that on Force Center. But undeniably, a huge part of Star Wars is it just looks and sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't look and sound cool, oh, yeah. nobody would be there to do the deep dive into other ideas. So I think that looks dumb. It's a super valid Star yeah. Wars complaint. And that, that's why I actually have I have a hard time with a lot of the books, honestly. I haven't read that many Star Wars books because uh, I think, once again, Star Wars Minute, uh, me and Alex have talked yeah. about this, of like... I, sometimes you take the visuals away yeah, and you read it and it's just like, this is ridiculous. Like, what am I reading? <laughs> so, yeah. You you do really have to buy into the reality of the galaxy yeah. in the books in order to enjoy them. And then also to look up every species uh, that they mention so you can actually picture them. Right. I've totally. been getting better at trying to memorize the species so I don't have to stop reading the uh-huh. book. And I can just know exactly what that character looks like. Yep. Oh, that's a yuzum? Got it. I know exactly what a yuzum <laughs> is. Sadly, like. I do know what a yuzum is. <laughs> a yuzza is burned into my soul. Uh, so in terms of helping James with his grievance, so hopefully this uh, canon Wikipedia information will help you a little bit that uh, it why a protocol droid is it's just what Anakin happened to have access to, and he was even sharp enough Young Anakin was sharp enough to program C-3PO so that he could withstand the sand in the heat and apparently the dust so he could go around, he could mop, he could clean. And here's, James, uh, if you're listening, here's my big Star Wars counseling to you. I think a, a reason to be happy that Shmi had 3PO is throughout the inco- entire course of Star Wars storytelling, 3PO is there to be told to shut up by other characters <laughs> constantly in many different ways, literally powered down. People put their hands over his mouth <laughs> again and again. His only job is to shut up. Yeah. Maybe the best thing about 3PO is that he was chatty when he's living with Shmi. Anakin's off building his pod racer yeah. or working for Watto. And then here is this weird, maybe not cool looking naked droid <laughs> shambling around doing the dishes <laughs> And just asking Shmi questions, just telling her the figures of how long it's going to take him to do the dishes, how much cubic dust he sucked up earlier today, and it makes me feel better to have a weird, chatty, naked <laughs> droid around. <laughs> Who could hate that? What kind of monster would hate that? Uh, sure, I'll give you that. Would you want to have a chatty, naked droid in your home, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> We're not recording, right? No, no. Okay. We haven't been recording for hours. All right. Uh, hey, why not? You know, yeah. <laughs> I I have I have plenty of alone time at home. It might be fun to watch the the dog play with a droid. Why not? <laughs> Which, by the way, I have one of the uh, BB-8, the the phone controlled BB-8. Oh yeah, this, and, is that Sphero? Yes, the Sphero BB-8. Okay, uh-huh. and, uh huh. And boy, is that fun with the dog. Oh, it is <laughs> he the... hates it so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it, which I can totally understand because like. It's crazy as a human being. Yeah. As a dog, it must be like, what is this thing? (laughs) And he always will like swipe at it and knock his head off across the room. And then I have to find his head from under, under somewhere. (laughs) But the best part about it is when he, he knows it so much. Oh, like he can hear it coming? Well, when you, when you start the app on your phone, (laughs) it plays the Star Wars theme. He now knows the music. (laughs) So if, if I, Get my phone out and I open it and just hear the and the song starts. Yeah. He will just start like pacing around and looking around and sometimes he'll like jump at me and start barking. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you watch Star Wars, does he get upset? That was when I uh, realized it the first time that he recognized the music <laughs> because I think it was like right after Force Awakens had come out on DVD and I put it on one day and it started and I noticed he kind of reacted like not full on. Yeah. But I was like, wait a does he know that from the the toy? Yeah. And then so I tried it with the phone, and every time I do it with the phone, he will freak out. He, he's he got – I think he knows it has to be the phone, though, because since yeah. if I have the movie on, 
uh, he doesn't quite react, but the, he'll react to the phone every time. Can you change the BB-8 app so when it opens, instead of playing the main Star Wars theme, it plays Jedi Rocks? Because <laughs> then your dog can be just as upset by Jedi Rocks as you are. <laughs> then I might have to buy a new phone also because I'll smash my phone. <laughs> Break it, throw it out the window, into the river. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more weird question because I like asking people weird questions, All and you, right. you were very patient with them. The whole protocol droid thing, which I think is a great question, it's a grievance I, I share with the Jedi Donatello, but it's mostly been answered for me now. We make the joke of like, well, what do you need a protocol droid for? But then I think about, well, if a droid could actually help me navigate life, like social yeah. situations of like, <laughs> now remember, when you go here, don't yeah. say this dumb thing. Would you want a protocol droid in real life that helped oh you God. navigate like social Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like I I live my life overthinking every interaction I'm going to have with a human being. So if I had someone to guide me through all of that, welcome. Please yeah. please join me. Okay. Well, that yeah. is our call out to <laughs> listeners. If any of you are a precocious 9-year-old boy who's really good at building things, please build a droid for Tony and I that tells us what to say in social situations yeah and if they can dust bonus yeah exactly yeah do them dishes droid <laughs> do them dishes uh tony is there places that people can find you yes i'm not going to give out my personal address <laughs> but if you hear a star wars theme playing <laughs> yes. it's tony's house <laughs> listen for a barking french bulldog <laughs> uh Yes, I'm just at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, TonyThaxton.com has all the various things I do if I'm playing a show or podcast information, all that okay. stuff. Uh, and yeah, the Patreon.com slash Tony Thaxton for the Star Wars songs and more. Uh, and also, if I can throw one more thing out Please real do. quick. Uh, I also uh, sometimes play in, drums now in my fiance's band called Ooh. Tiny Stills. And she is currently... Doing a Kickstarter for her new record, which I will then be playing drums on. Awesome. So uh, just search Tiny Stills on Kickstarter and uh, support that if you can. That would mean a lot to both of us. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, and Tony is a fabulous drummer. So uh, you're still doing the teaching too? Uh, occasionally. Actually, okay. that is something that is offered through Patreon as well. Okay, good. Yeah. You can get oh, anything you need. Drumming, <laughs> Star Wars songs, <laughs> a naked droid that will help you with social situations. <laughs> Almost all of those things are available on Tony's Patreon. Uh, thank you, uh, Jedi underscore Donatello, for sending in your grievances. Uh, and if you have a grievance, by all means, send them in. They can be logic flaws. Like, Tony, there can be things like, that looks dumb. That sounds dumb. <laughs> I don't like that. Or it can be something that eats at your very soul. Anything you like, send it in and let me know why it bothers you, and I will try to address it here on Star Wars Counseling. Be sure when you send those in on Twitter or uh, Facebook, use the hashtag SWCounseling, because then I can find them all. This show, there's many on the on the Force Center podcast feed. This one comes out every other Friday, and there will be many, many more grievances addressed in the weeks and months and years to come. You can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod. You can support our new Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, uh, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.